Hey guys, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life Church, and I want to welcome you to our online teachings. One of our core convictions as a church is that everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. Now, I know that for some of us, coming into a church building might be intimidating, it might be scary, and I get that. But I want you to know that there is always a place for you here at New Life and that you were made for real in-person community. We meet on Sundays in downtown Wayland. You can check out our website for more information on service times. But for now, I hope God speaks powerfully to you through his word. Love you guys. Uh, well, good morning. Um, like Olivia said, uh, my name is Josh, um, and I'm the youth pastor here. I'm super, super excited to speak um, this morning. I think the last time I did this, it was Labor Day. Now it's Memorial Day. <laughs> Seeing a little, little theme going on here. We'll probably see you guys again July 4th weekend, but no, I'm totally kidding. No, um, but for those of you who don't know, um, our lead pastor, his name is Brad. Um, and Brad is up in Byron Center this morning. I'm at our sister church, the Center. Um, their lead pastor, John, and his wife, um, Lindsay, they had their baby um, on Monday. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so Brad is actually speaking up there um, this, this morning, filling in for John, who needs a much-needed break. So, um, so you guys got the, the bench warmer here. <laughs> I'm here this morning, so uh, but it'll be good. It'll be good. So uh, let's pray, and we'll, we'll dive in here. Um, God, just thank you. Thank you for today. Just thank you for um, just everybody um, joining together today, whether they're in person or um, watching online. Um, God, we just thank you for community um, and what that does for us um, as a, a church. Just be able to get together and worship you um, together, Lord. I um, pray for today as we um, dive into your word in Acts chapter 19. Um, God, let the, let the words on the pages just um, fill us and let, us, let them change us um, from the inside out. Um, God, we love you so much, and we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, well, when I was uh, a little kid, my, my parents and my sister and I, we used to go on a lot of road trips. Um, we would go um, up to, like, the UP, usually once a year. Uh, <laughs> uh, we would uh, we'd take a lot of trips to Detroit and back. My, my grandparents lived over in Detroit. My dad has a, an office over in Detroit, and so we'd make that trip a lot and spend the night over there. Um, we used to go to New York for a couple weeks every summer. Um, so we, we, would, we were just always, like, on the road, um, staying other places. And what's super funny is every time we left from the, there was a, like a quarter mile from the end of our driveway to get out of our neighborhood, somewhere in the quarter mile, the, the three minutes that it took to get there, my sister would always say, I think I forgot something every time. And so my dad, of course, had to, had to either decide, okay, did you actually forget something or are you just saying this? Most of the time, I think almost every time it was actually just a, it was a false alarm every time, and we just keep going. Uh, but there was one time, however, <clears throat> when um, we were going down to Kalamazoo. We lived in Kentwood, so it was about an hour and 15 minutes from where we were going. And uh, was, we had a baseball, I had a baseball tournament that weekend, and so we were going to go down there and um, spend the weekend down there. And I, we get in the car, we go down, get to the field, I get out, get ready to go, gonna go get my cleats on, and I open my bag, and the cleats are not there. So we had to turn around, another hour, 15 minutes, come back home, grab my cleats, head back down, just to be late to the game, and I think I rode the bench that game because I was late. So um, <clears throat> when I asked the question this morning, 
Have you ever felt like something in your life was just missing? Um, have you ever felt like you just did not have something that you're supposed to have? And how, how did that make you feel? What were the feelings going on inside you when you felt that way? Have you ever felt like you were living your life without the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, that's what we're going to talk about here today um, in Acts chapter 19. So uh, if you want to turn there, <clears throat> I want to turn to Acts chapter 19. We're going to be in 1 through 7. Um, but I just want to kind of fill you in on what happens at the end of chapter 18 before we, before we get in there. So at the end of chapter 18, um, this man named Apollos uh, was teaching in Ephesus. So he's, he's teaching these disciples about Jesus um, in Ephesus. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. And then we get into to Acts chapter 19. Um, but there's something um, in Acts chapter 19, the first seven verses, that um, I just can't read this without seeing something that just so like connected to what the church looks like today. Um, so I'm not going to give it away quite yet, but while we're reading this, just think, man, what, what do we have in common with these people today? So Acts 19, 1 through 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road th through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Did you catch it there? Did you see kind of how we have some similarities with these people today? See, it says they, they, were, they were baptized with John's baptism. That's a baptism of just repentance. Man, how many times do we at the church, we, when we just think about the church to, and think about Jesus, the first thing we think about and the only thing we ever think about is repentance, turn from my sins, I turn or burn, right? It's, it's all we can ever think about. But it says that they didn't receive the Holy Spirit and they believed. They didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. And then I think that is exactly, unfortunately, that's exactly what the church looks like today. We just don't unleash the power of the Holy Spirit. So the first thing that this like jumps out to me when I, when I read this passage was, was Paul asked this question to these, these disciples, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And for, for those of us who are familiar with Scripture, Paul is, is all over Scripture, right? Paul is um, talked about all in the books of Acts. He, he goes on like four different missionary journeys, and um, he, he gets uh, mentioned a lot in the book of Acts. And then we know later he writes a bunch of different uh, letters to a bunch of different churches um, all over the world. And so Paul is like all over our Bible. But yet this question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, it's just so different from any other question he asks. He doesn't ever ask this question anywhere again in Scripture. So we have to assume something was missing in the Ephesians that Paul had to ask the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So we don't know exactly what was missing. We, don't, we can make some educated guesses maybe on, 
on what was missing. I personally think it was, you know, they were a group of believers, and so I think they were going to Popeyes instead of Chick-fil-A, but that's just, that, I think that's what Paul was, was thinking. But no, we, we, we really don't know, um, we really don't know what was missing um, from this group of believers, but obviously something was, otherwise Paul probably would not be asking this question. So the question now has to be asked, if Paul lived in the 21st century in America today, would he ask the same question to the church in America? Well, man, last week, I don't know if you remember last week, Pastor Brad was, was talking about how the world describes the church, and he uses three words, right? The, the world describes the church, and the top three words were anti-gay, judgmental, and hypocritical. That doesn't really look like a church that's marked by the Holy Spirit, does it? Would, would, if Paul came and sat in our service in this chair today, would he, would he be 100% certain that this is a church, New Life Community Church in Wayland, is a church marked by the Holy Spirit, or would he have to ask the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If later today he, Paul joins you at family dinner, and then tomorrow when you're hanging out at the lake for Memorial Day, if Paul was there, would he be 100% certain that your family is marked by the Holy Spirit? Or would he have to ask you the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If Paul were to follow you around all day and see what you were doing and only what you were doing, seeing where you went, what you did, how you treated people, would he be 100% certain that you were filled with the Holy Spirit, that you were marked by the Holy Spirit, or would he have to ask you the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So I think the disciples' answer to this question, saying no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, um, this just shows us that the, the disciples in Ephesus, they didn't know on the full extent of what Jesus came to do. Right? They, they knew Jesus as Messiah, but they didn't know that he came to send the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus came not only to bring salvation, but also to bring the Holy Spirit into our lives. And some of us might still be wrestling with this, this today. We might be thinking that Jesus came just to bring salvation and the game's over, Right? We think Jesus already did what he came to do. He, he died on the cross. He rose again. Game over. I give my life to him. We're set. Well, that's, that, that is not all that Jesus came to do. That is absolutely a, a crucial part of what he came to do. Um, but he also came to usher in the Holy Spirit into our lives. He came so we could receive the Holy Spirit. He came so that we could live a life full of the Holy Spirit. He came so that we could be set apart from the world because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So if Jesus came to bring the Holy Spirit into our lives, we have to ask the question, how did it change these disciples in our story in Acts chapter 19, and how can it change us today? So let me... Uh, Read verses 3 through 7 for you again. It says, So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? 
John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people, he told people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So we asked this question, how did the Holy Spirit change these disciples, and then how did it change, how can it change us? Well, first let's, let's uh, talk about how it changed these disciples. So we see that the, these disciples were baptized again, right? So they first were baptized, just a baptism of repentance, but they were actually baptized again, but this time they were baptized into the Holy Spirit. And so this time they have an actual true, like meaningful, deep relationship with Jesus because of their baptism, right? Because it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just about repentance, but they're moving into relationship with Jesus. Next we see that, that Paul lays his hands on these disciples, or Paul probably prays for these disciples, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. There was actually, like a, we, we can like actually see, well, we can't because we're reading words, but you can actually see that these disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit because of what was going on outside of them. Not just what was happening inside, but because of outside they were, they were speaking in tongues and they were, they were prophesying two things that you cannot do. It's impossible to do unless you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So that, that's, that's how the disciples were changed. I mean, how, how does it look for us to receive the Holy Spirit? What does it look like for us to receive the Holy Spirit? What does it look like for us to be transformed into a new person because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives? And how can the Holy Spirit help us to be more and more like Jesus? Well, while Paul is in um, Ephesus the second time, so this is his third missionary journey is, is where we pick up here. Um, while Paul is in Ephesus on his third missionary journey, he actually writes a letter to the Corinthians, which we get to read today um, in First. First and Second Corinthians is what he writes, um, but in First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse four, um, it says this: "There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them." So one Spirit, <clears throat> many different gifts. We have many different people that the Spirit can give different gifts to everybody, and then Paul goes on and he. he he kind of lists some of those spiritual gifts that, that we can receive. Uh, some of those gifts are to give wise advice, to have special knowledge of Jesus, to, to have great faith in the Lord, to have the gift of healing, to have power to perform miracles, um, the ability to prophesy. There's, there's a whole bunch of different gifts um, that, we can, that we can get from the, the Holy Spirit. Um, but again, one spirit distributes them all. And then right after chapter 12 is chapter, just wanted to see if you guys were still awake, chapter 13. <clears throat> so right after chapter 12 is chapter 13, and 1 Corinthians 13 um, is a pretty famous passage. Um, it's, called, it's like the love chapter, right? Love is patient, love is kind. Most of us have probably heard that before. Um, that is chapter 13. And Paul starts off this chapter talking about these different spiritual gifts that we can re receive from the Holy Spirit. But this time, instead of just listing all these different spiritual gifts, this time he says, 
You can give wise advice, but if we don't love, it's worthless. We can have special knowledge of, of who Jesus is, but if we don't love, it's meaningless. We can have great faith in God, but if we don't love, what does it matter? So let's ask the question again. What does it look like to truly, truly be marked by the Holy Spirit? How can we know that we received the Holy Spirit when we first believed? Let me give you two, two practical things. First, it means to, to find our spiritual gifts. Right? I, I want to challenge us as a church, as, as New Life Community Church here in Wayland, I want to challenge us this week to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, and just read the spiritual gifts that, that Paul lists in that chapter and just sit on them. Like, read them every day this week and just ask God, Holy Spirit, which one of these, or which couple of these have you given to me? Which one of these have you distributed to me? And really pray about that. Maybe find somebody that you trust, a spiritual mentor in your life, and, ask, and like work through that with them. What spiritual gifts do you have? But what's, what's crazy is that some of us will do that. We will, we will go on this journey of trying to find out what our spiritual gifts are. We will find them. This guy's is to ride his motorcycle. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will find our spiritual gifts. drag racing out there. <laughs> Someone go race them. We will, we will find our spiritual gifts and then do nothing with them. And you know what? That, that is just a, that's just a shame if we do that. And that's actually just selfish um, because what our gifts are supposed to be used for, our gifts are supposed to be used to build up the church, to encourage the church, to edify the church so that the church can grow. And so I want to ask all of us this week to find our gifts and then this week figure out a way how can I start to actually use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has distributed to me to build up the church. So that's the first thing that we can do. Well, the second thing that we can do, we see all throughout, well, first of all, we see all throughout Scripture, but we see all throughout 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that is, to love people. See this First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen. I've been to a couple weddings um, this last week. Um, actually, I went to one last night, and then I went to one um, a week from a week ago. There we go. <laughs> a week ago, and uh, both both of these weddings, they had the the pastor at the wedding read First Corinthians chapter thirteen. And as I listened to this, uh, this passage read last week at this wedding, uh, I just kind of started to reflect on my own marriage. And it started to reflect on, do I love Olivia well? And, you know, I started just to think back um, throughout that day. And <laughs> earlier that day, earlier last week, Sunday, um, right before Olivia and I were about to leave 
to go to the wedding, this beautiful marriage ceremony, I was being a real, real jerk to Olivia. Like, we're about to go celebrate marriage, and right before we left, I was being a real jerk. She was like, just like really struggling with a few things, and I was like, I, I don't care. I, I just didn't, I thought it was like just really small stuff that like didn't matter at all. And so I was just kind of brushing it off, and she was like really, really hurting with this stuff. Um, but I just figured, okay, it's not that big of a deal. And I think if, if, if Paul were to be with us in the house at that time, and this was the only interaction that I ever, that Paul ever saw me and Olivia have, he probably would have asked me the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And not to say that we can't ever get in arguments or we can't, or we have to live perfectly in order for us to actually be marked by the Holy Spirit. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I, but what I do want to ask is are your relationships, are they marked by love or are they marked by hate? Are your relationships, are they marked by sacrificial service or are they marked by selfish desires? Are they marked by building people up or are they marked by tearing people down to get ahead? Are they marked by patience or are they marked by frustration? Are they marked by humility or are they marked by arrogance? See, the biggest evidence, the biggest evidence of the Holy Spirit is to love people. If we love people well, and that's a mark of the Holy Spirit. So evidence of the Holy Spirit is loving people with encouragement. Now, I have a friend in, from, from college. His name is AJ. AJ is one of those guys that will just like encourage you. Like I could call up AJ right now and he would pick up the phone and I could say, dude, I'm having this horrible day. And he would just immediately just give me encouragement. I don't think, I'd have to like really think back to try to find a time where AJ spoke negatively, negatively about somebody. See, this is, AJ is marked by the Holy Spirit because of the way that he loves people with encouragement. See, evidence of the Holy Spirit is loving people with humility. My mother-in-law will absolutely hate this, but she, she, she loves people just with so much humility. She, she, I'm sure we will get over to her house tomorrow for, for uh, Memorial Day, and there will be a 13-course meal ready for us and two desserts and everything's ready to go. And she doesn't want any of the, any of the applause. She, she just does it just because she loves us. See, she, there's evidence of the Holy Spirit because she, mark, she loves with humility. See, evidence of the Holy Spirit is loving people patiently. Growing up, my sister and I were, we were, we were tough sometimes, right? We, I, I can't tell you how many times I made my mom cry because I fought back so hard on doing schoolwork and all these other things, and I was a real jerk to my mom sometimes, but she never would snap back at me. My parents would never do that. They would just love me patiently. My parents are marked by the Holy Spirit because of the way that they love patiently. See, evidence of the Holy Spirit is loving people sacrificially. Um, my wife, Olivia, um, she, every day, she, she will come home and she, she, if I ask her to, to cook me a meal, she will drop everything and just do it. 
Every day she'll come home and she will, she will clean the house, she'll do the laundry, she'll do whatever, all on top of her full-time job because she's my sugar mama making all the money. So <laughs> she does all this and more. And she loves me so sacrificially. See, Olivia is marked by the Holy Spirit because of the way that she loves sacrificially. So as we close today, I just want to read... I just want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We'll just read the whole thing together as a church. Um, but as we, as we read this, I, I mean, obviously we usually read this passage and we, we think about marriage, right? That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind is, is marriage when we read this passage. But I want you to think about the people that are, are difficult to love. And not like my Facebook friends, difficult to love sometimes, right? That's, they're hard to love, but... Like, think about, maybe for you, it's, it's, it's hard to love your kids sometimes. Or maybe, maybe for you, it's your spouse. It's hard to love your spouse right now. Maybe for you, it's, it's, it's really just difficult to love your coworkers because of how differently you guys see the world. Or, or maybe for you, it's, it's your neighbors because they keep you up late at night with the, the music. Or, or maybe it's your, for your students in the room. Maybe it's, it's hard to love your teachers or your parents. But whoever it is, as we read this chapter today, um, think about those people. How can we love those people like Paul tells us to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? It says this, if I speak, <clears throat> if I speak in, the, in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It will always protect, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we, for we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when, but when perfection comes, the imperfect desires. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put my childish ways behind me. Now we, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, now what I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and the love, but the greatest of these is love. And as we close in worship, um, let's just reflect on the, the people that, that came to our minds as we, we read this, the people that are hardest to love. 
um, this week uh, as we are, are looking through and trying to find the gifts that the Spirit has given to us. Let's make sure to use those, um, but also let's make sure that we love, love well.